The gang gets classy this week on The Hapless Heroes. Welcome back to the Hapless Heroes podcast. My name is Dave, and I will be introducing this week's episode, starting with my cast. On the right, we have Francesco as Percival Flodhest. Hello there, everyone. And to his right, we have John as Jam Jam. This preacher is terrifying. To his right, we have Lou as Lev Zangief. My name is Lev. To his right, we have Mike as Brunner, Brew Blitzbore. Well, now, now I'm not so much for religion, but this place is kind of cool. To his right, we have Nicole as Glorp Glupglop. Hi, kids. Welcome back. And to her right, we have Seb as Chum Deloom. Welcome back, baby. So as a little uh, recap, the party inadvertently found themselves on the Cosmos Concordia, which launched into space pretty briefly after they woke up and at the end of their journey crashed into this place the raft a derelict collection of ships being towed behind a much larger and only slightly less derelict ship itself the party met a uh, local herangan that introduced himself as march who while doing just the, the briefest smallest barely perceptible amount of plot exposition uh, brought them to Our Lady of Wanderers, the center of the community, a gigantic church that sort of dominates the skyline, run by the borderline non-denominational Church of Lord Rell, who really just tried to be, you know, good local church and not really beat over, beat anybody over the head with their, uh, with their dogma. And as such, it, it's got, all the other little churches for all the other uh, gods tend to have glommed onto it. The party is introduced right away to the pastor, a man named Father Jack Hayes, who with uh, a less than lethal shotgun approach puts down a little bit of the local rowdiness. Quasi-lethal. <laughs> the Diet Coke of lethal. Diet Coke. Just bean bag, not lethal enough. <laughs> when they say beanbag, you think beanie babies, not internal bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you've been hit by one of those things. And now we return to Our Lady of Wanderers, already in progress. <laughs> so, new to the community, huh? Well, I guess we should put you to work. Sometime in the near future. Yeah, insert uh, <laughs> some time later. <laughs> skipping the time, it's a time skipping montage. <laughs> yeah, you thought you were going to just get another episode of straight up uh, DM exposition? Nuh-uh, folks. Dear God, I don't even want to hear me talk that much. <laughs> 
Is it too early in the season to do the time warp dance again? <laughs> <laughs> it may be. It's never uh, too early to do the time warp again. Thank you, Nicole. I appreciate before, before that. We, before we get to that, uh, Dave, if you wouldn't mind, just if you, just, if you want to just let go, I'm just going to take the, thank you. Oh, to think, uh, to thank you. I just needed to take the reins for a moment uh, because we are going to uh, cut the camera and I am going to do some narration for us as uh, I'm stealing the reins from Dave yeah. for this reintroduction episode. Faked y'all out, didn't we? We did it again. How do they keep getting away with this? The father's words kind of ring in the in the air of this sort of blank scene right now. Just let's put you to work. Many months have now passed since you first uh, crash landed on the raft. All of you have spent this time trying to just acclimate yourself to this new life that you've kind of been forced into because you really have no other choice. We all came here with no money, no uh, no idea what was going on or what's happening, but over the last six to eight months, you've all learned quite a few things. Uh, so we're gonna learn more about that now as we cut the camera to a dimly lit docking bay somewhere aboard the raft. Again, the raft, you know, it's this massive, like, structure that's being towed behind the Mother of Exiles, this, like, UFO looking, you know, like, flying disc of massive proportions, right? And the raft is just all these fused together hulls of ships that's been turned into this, like, makeshift, like, metropolis, essentially, a scrap metropolis, if you will. And on this dingy docking bay, there is a soft and you know soft engine roars as a small shuttle touches down. Inside, we find Jam Jam uh, sitting in a passenger seat of a you know like a small like pretty tightly cramped cabin that's definitely built for smaller folk. As next to you, the pilot, a gnome that you've come to know as Tink Fizzlewick. And they are, you know, just kind of just touching this thing down. And as uh, as the ship kind of comes to rest, Tink looks over to you and he says, All right, Jam Jam, time to work your magic. Distract the customs guards while we unload the cargo. And just remember, act natural, be convincing. You remember the cover story, right? And as, uh, as he asks you that question, you know, he pulls out what looks to be almost like a Hawaiian shirt, like on a hanger and hands it to you. Right? Put this on, right? We just got back from vacation, right? We're just, you know, it's just our personal belongings. Just just tie them up. Maybe tell them some stories about the vacation. You know, tell them some, wherever we went. I don't care. I don't care what you, what kind of tale you got to spin. Just give us five minutes. That's all we need. All right? And then we all get paid. Can do. And, you know, this is still like one of your, like the first missions you've ever done for this. You know, you met this guy. Uh, you know, he had some, he, had, he just, he, all, all, all you were told was this was going to be just some shipping and receiving type work. Uh, and you kind of found yourself somehow in bed with a local smuggling ring. And Tink has been your primary sort of contact and the person kind of vouching for you. So this is, this is your chance to prove yourself. So as you step off the ship, you know, one of the customs officers approaches you. Um, you know, he's wearing this like official sort of like spacesuit type thing. It's got like the insignia of the flotilla, um, armed security forces on it. And he's just like, greetings, traveler. Uh, you a resident or a guest? 
Jam Jam is a resident returning from a wonderful vacation. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, good. Uh, so, uh, just uh, anything on the uh, shipping manifest there? Or just, would you mind if we just did a quick scan or, uh, you know, bringing anything back with you? No, just this wonderful little... And Jam Jam will pull out uh, one of the little, uh, like, the hip-circling uh, dashboard tiki girls. <laughs> uh, and he, uh, he just continue. Jam Jam loves these things. I see. Uh, it, that's great for you. Um, so, again, anything else on board? Are you bringing back any, anything that you need to declare or anything like that? Like I said, just this, and he'll continue to like move it back and forth, and like and while it's moving, he's doing like the little hula hoop move with his little penguin butt. Great! I will allow you to give me either a deception <laughs> or a performance check, please. <laughs> All right, let's see. As he sways his hips deceptively. <laughs> <laughs> hips don't lie, baby. <laughs> You know what that was. Jam Jam's hips don't lie. <laughs> Shakira Law. You you know what that was. That was uh, Nat One. Oh, <laughs> another one. First so his, his hips lie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and very obviously. Very obviously. This is great. Uh, and I'm sorry, this was a performance check that you were making. Is that correct? Good. Yeah, performance deception don't matter. I think don't that for matter, the purposes baby. of what I would like to do here, we're going to call it a performance check. Okay. So um, something you didn't kind of like notice, I guess, like as you were, you know, like you know, as you were kind of exiting, and you know, you're maybe got some some butterflies, you know, as this is your first time trying to like, you know, as acting in this particular role, you know, you've sort of been a shadow for other operations, but this is your first time being the one that you know sort of distracts the customs officials, and. He, uh, you know, he's like, you know, trying to keep up with you and trying to understand what's going on. But then um, your little feet uh, slip on what appears to be some uh, residue on the ground from maybe a plasmoid that had come through here before that the automated cleaning robots did not get to. And you fall right on your back. The uh, the customs official starts like belly laughing just being like, oh, oh, it's a good trick. Have you considered doing uh, like a physical comedy or anything like that? Like this is, uh, this is that's a treat. Uh, all right. Well, I, I'm glad you know. If this, it sounds like you've had you had a great time. I, I'll, I'll let you get on with your day. Just make sure that uh, you know you, you you sign the 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 paperwork on your way out of the of the gates. You know, we'll make sure that the ship is taken care of. We'll, we'll do. <laughs> and Jam Jam just kind of like slinks off a little bit at this point. Mm -hmm. As you're slinking <laughs> off, you see um, you see Tink uh, kind of like off to, to like another side of the like you know this particular like this docking terminal, and he just like gives you a wink, because thinking that maybe the slip was intentional, and a thumbs up, <laughs> and yep. uh, you know just kind of gives you that like I'll, I'll, I'll call you kind of hand motion, and then slips mm -hmm. off into the crowds. Cool. We now cut the camera backstage of a wrestling arena, a makeshift wrestling arena that's been built in the bowels beneath the raft itself. You can hear there's almost like the, like the distant roar of a crowd that has gathered for the upcoming match. 
Um, there is the air is just heavy with sweat and anticipation, and we see Lev in a wrestling outfit. Your your horn has been painted a deep red, and there is this um, dwarf fellow standing next to Lev. And Lev, he looks at you. You know this man. This is Burlock Iron Fist, your manager. And he says to you, Lev, my boy, tonight's the night. The crowd's hungry for a show and we're going to give them a feast. You know who you're going up against, all right? It's gallant Gregor, the hero of high hopes. Make them shine, Lev. Go out there, be the terror they all came to see. Give them a good fight. Get them on the ropes. Really, really get the crowd into it, you know? Make him really feel like he's going down. But remember, and his voice kind of drops to a whisper uh, at this point, he's like, when it looks like you're about to take him down, when the crowd's on the edge of their seats, that's when you falter. Miss a beat, slip up, let your guard down. Lose, Lev, but make it look good. Authentic. We need this story to sell. The vids we're going to cut from this, we're all going to be rich, Lev. You can get back to your kids. We'll find that, you know, it should be enough money to, to charter, charter something off of this godforsaken hunk of metal. And as, you, as he kind of finishes this, uh, this speech, I'm kind of curious, Lev, like, what's going through your mind, right? This is sort of like you've kind of found yourself back in, back in kind of an old life, trying to scrounge up, you know, some scratch to just, like, figure out and, you know, make ends meet and get, get yourself out of this situation. Um, you know, you've been asked to take a fall. You know, you know how these stories work. You, you understand the art of, you know, this sort of, this sort of thing. But, like, what's going through your mind? Love's just got, like, a thousand-yard stare going on right now. Off into the, the wall, the... I assume some kind of concrete wall behind Burlock. He's just burrowing his sight deep into that and carving his imagination inside of it, all the cracks, and he imagines that he'll go to any length. Whatever that length is, he's kind of envisioning it, and at this point in time, it's taking a fall. And he sees that within his own ruminations as he's glaring over the shoulders of Burlock and just kind of silently stands up and um, you hear like the the crunch of his fist wraps inside of his white knuckle hands at this moment and he walks out towards the stage and as you start walking out you hear you know the lights kind of go down and you hear just this big booming uh, voice, you know, just, um, just, just shout out, ladies and gentlemen and creatures of all kinds, I give you the terror of the top rope, the red horn. And like whatever entrance music you've chosen starts playing, uh, you know, the fucking pyrotechnics start shooting up. Uh, and you start walking out this catwalk, you know, there's like, there's a crowd of at least, you know, three, four hundred people gathered in this, you know, this dingy, like, underground arena that's been created here. 
you know, yeah. a ring stands in front of you with the lights sort of down on it. A spotlight follows you as you walk towards the ring. There's no one in there. Is, is no, am I the first to come out? You are the first come, to come out. Nice. And Lev uh, kind of tests the, the ropes with his hands. He reaches out. He's in the tug, and then I want to try to, like... <laughs> I want to do something fancy and enter the ring uh, incredibly flashy, as flashy as I possibly can. That's going to be a performance trick, my guy. I think I'm going to do some kind of uh, Maybe, unless you can convince me it's a different... Oh, a flip. A flip sounds like acrobatics. Oh, man. Okay, maybe it's more like a big jump, actually. It's more like Ah, a big, a really big jump uh, that I I just jump over. So you mean an athletics (laughs) trick? Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> we just went straight up the skills list. <laughs> I was like, hmm. Well, I would have accepted a performance. I, 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 was, I was thinking it would be very flary, flashy, but... <gasps> 18. Oh, yeah. Uh, describe it to me. Describe it to us. Lem hasn't been in the ring... Except these last few months, I assume, for for very long, and, and at this point, being an elderly Rykreen, his joints don't work like they used to, but his muscles certainly do. And with great ease, he hoists himself up over. Doesn't even look like he's jumping; it's just kind of like straight legged, no bend to the knee, just kind of like hoists right over the the top rope and lands thuds slams into the middle of the ring. Yeah, you, there's like a there's like a, a mixture of both cheers from the crowd and some people just going red horn, red horn, red horn. And there's other people who are booing because you know mm. you are the heel in this story. Go ho, go ho. Then the walk on music like I am a real concordian. Show <laughs> <laughs> you the shape of man. Yes. <laughs> oh shit! All right, mm. and then you know after your whole intro, you know because again, this, the pageantry of this all like this is familiar to you. This whole this is this is all very like formulaic to you. You're just you're just slipping right back into it, almost like naturally. As much as you swore this off, like you said, like you you know you would go to any lengths to make sure to like be with your family again. Um, and then you know the music stops. The lights dim, and again, the spotlight, you know, goes to the the entrance, and you see this like giant Goliath of a man come out there. His his bald head shining in the spotlight. We have these tattoos kind of all over his face. He's like golden tattoos, and his golden eyes almost shining um, as the light reflects off of it. You know, this is Gallant Gregor. You know this guy. You know, you you you, you guys have built up this whole storyline and spent the last, you know, couple months, you know, really, really building up this fight. You know, he's, he's, he's a good dude, but he does not know how to fight. Like he, you, 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 you feel like you have to be leading him. Like you've done a bunch of practice mm. spars, you know what I mean? In the gym. And you know that he's just not like, you're going to really have to work hard to make him shine. Okay. But uh, no, that is to be expected, I suppose. Noobs. 
And, you know, he gets on stage, right? Does his whole, and he's like, starts flexing and like, you know, the crowd's cheering. You you just keep hearing, uh, you know, like the chants and, and, and it's just like, it's, you know, Gregor, Gregor, yeah, kick his ass, Gregor. Um, and the fight, and the fight starts, right? The bell rings, you know, the referee is this, is this like tiny, uh, halfling, who's kind of, you know, able to kind of get a nice low view on the fight, right? Like whenever someone gets pinned and is like kind of like, you know, like does the whole like, okay, let's have a good fight, you know, starts the match and you begin to wrestle. Um, I'm not going to make you do a bunch of roles here, right? This is mostly just to kind of introduce your character. However, we get to a point in the fight where, you know, you guys have been trading blows. You've definitely tried to like do a few moves that are a little bit, they were a little bit easier for Gregor to understand. You could tell you're losing the crowd a little bit. So you've, you, you know, you've done a couple of things to kind of just really kind of put them against the ropes. And like Gregor's giving you this look like, like, dude, let up, you know? Mm. Mm. Um, what do you do? The fight is in your hands right now. Seeing that he's uh, uh, kind of uh, approaching kayfabe, I guess. I the the noise, the din begins to dull. Lights start to tunnel, and I hear. Burlock's voice in my head. And I see a planet that I can't I don't really know the the look of yet. Just kind of a vague idea that I assume is home. And I follow the script. You let up and Gregor oh, yeah. pushes you. You know, gets a gets a good shove back, and you stumble back. You know, you start doing the whole like, you know what I mean, the dramatic stumble, it. and he charges forward, right, and just like throws you against, you know, like throws you against the ropes, bounces you off, and then just kind of gives you one of those like clotheslines, and you just you just hit the ground with a thud. Yeah. And he, you know, he gets down and he he grabs all, you know, all three of your <laughs> like left side limbs, right? Your two arms and your one leg and pushes them all back, you know, and the halfling gets down. One, two. His hand goes down to smack three and the camera cuts to the facade of the Flotella United Postal Service office in the third sector of the raft. Um, it's, it just says F-U-P-S on the front. Subtle like a brick. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> F-U-P-S. <laughs> a modif, a, 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 what looks to be sort of like a floating, like car, like it's like a small, it's a small vehicle. Think about, like I'm not sure if anyone has been, or seen like some of the vehicles that you, like that in the tiny streets of Italy, like those like little like pickup trucks. You know what I mean? That are just like, they're just teeny tiny, like with the three wheels. Just imagine that, but without the wheels and just like ho- like levitating off the ground about like, I don't know, uh, four feet, right? Um, and just to make up. sure I understand correctly, I'm supposed to picture that with F-U-P-S written on the side of it, right? That is correct. Yep. Yeah, and F-Ups. Big brown letters. Yeah, F-Ups. <laughs> Bunch of F-Ups. Yeah, this little like, you know, this little like package truck pulls up 
um, super compact because, I mean, you know, the roads, quote unquote, of the uh, raft are, again, just flattened sections of old ship hulls. So you're going to have to have something that's easy to navigate. That's why we got unicycle gangs here. That's why we got, <laughs> that's why we got motorcycle gangs here. You got to have some, you got to have some narrow vehicles to get around <clears throat> this place with ease. However, this vehicle looks like it's been heavily modified. We're talking, there's stickers all over the exterior and interior of it. You can see there's a bunch of different dials, levers, hoses, routing to places that they should not. And inside, on a booster seat with pedals raised mm-hmm. all the way up to the top, is our boy Choom. Born for duty. Choom, you've been, you've, you've, you've found yourself uh, with some gainful employment the last uh, few months. Uh, doesn't really, it doesn't get, you know, it's, it's not great money, but it's more than the zero money you were making when you guys first arrived here. Uh, you've been doing some work uh, for the FUPS, the FUPS, or just, you know, whatever you want to call them. First, uh, inadvertently, when you were caught uh, tinkering with their vehicles as a non-employee, they saw that you actually kind of had a bit of an aptitude for the whole tinkering business and started putting you to work. Uh, You've, you know, since been pretty instrumental in um, expanding the... Uh, availability of fleet vehicles to people of all sizes, including those as small as yourself. Damn straight. Um, however, you are now on your way, right? You are now reporting to your the local field office because this is now the third time in the last month that uh, you've been you've been summoned to your boss's office because of the illegal and unsanctioned modifications you've been making to the company equipment that has been loaned to you. And you know you're about to be walking in for a talking to, so I'm just going to kind of cut the camera to you in the truck before you go in. (laughs) So Choom's truck would be everything you imagine a little nester like Choom to have. It's takeout containers on top of just like magazines that he's reading on top of random parts that I guess are important, but uh, I don't really remember where this goes. And as he's stumbling out of the truck, he's just in his mind, he's, he doesn't want to lose his job because he doesn't want to lose the access to the, to the ships that he's been having. And he's been having such a fantastic time learning about this new technology and this new place. And he's been kind of like trying to modify his own way. And he's real close to getting some things working the way he wants them to be working. So he needs to keep this job. So he gets out, he takes off his FUPS jacket that he ripped the sleeves off of, because I don't like, I don't really mess with sleeves. And he reaches in, pulls out a fresh UPS jacket that has sleeves. I gotta impress. Puts on the jacket, zips it up. And he looks in like the side view, licks his little tiny hands, and he tries to stick his hairs that are Constantly sticking straight out of the side of his head. Oh, one second, let me s- let me roll yeah. something for that for myself. Oh, <laughs> oh no, oh no! <laughs> what did I do? Perfect. Um, and you so you do that, and like you know, you just like you just slicked up your hands, right? You know, with like just your just your own spit or whatever. You run them through your like the, you know the top of your head, and when you pull your hands back down, they are dirty. 
like just covered <laughs> in grease. And and just like like your hands are now just like slimy and like sticky, like because now they're wet from your spit and full of your hair grease. Yeah. And you try, uh, you, you, you try to remember the last time you took a proper shower. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a he's going to I'm going to smell myself. I, sm- I smell rancid, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you've, been work- you've been working overtime because, you know, the hourly pay is not the greatest, but you do at least get time and a half when you're working OT. So I'm going to re- go climb back into the truck and hanging from my rear view, I have two of those little pine tree scents. I'm going to take the pine tree scents and then just rub them all over my body. <laughs> Throw them back in the truck. Good as new. All right. And I'm going to walk to the office and Perfect. knock on the door. Well, you walk into the, this is a local post office too. So you actually walk into the front. Um, there's, an, there's, there's, there's like, so when you walk in the front, there's like a, you see that there's a main receiving area. And then to the right are the doors for like the employee like entrances. Yeah. You can see that the actual front of the post office is just like, I mean, a buzz with the sounds of just like the daily like comings and goings, you know, people screaming at the front desk people for like, where's my package? I can't believe you fucking lost it again. Like, I know you tried, like, like there's another guy yelling, like you, you can't, you sent this back to the sender and said that if you failed to deliver it, but you, I, you never even came to my door. I was sitting outside the whole time. You know, just that, just the kind of, like, I mean, there are, like, you know, just, you, you're just, you're, you're hearing it, like, you know, you, this is, like, this is why, like, you just, you're happy, you're the one just doing the deliveries and not the one dealing with the folks up front, but you know that, depending on how this talk goes, they might be sending you up front for a few weeks for the shit you just pulled. Oh, We'll no. see, I guess. So you get, you know, take the employee entrance and you head to the back, you know, you see the offices and, you know, you see the office for your boss. It's got his name tag on the front, uh, a dude by the name of, uh, I'm going to go to the name bucket for this one because I didn't like the one I came up with earlier. <laughs> Hell yeah. The, uh, the, the, yeah, the nameplate just reads Elverd Stormjack, manager. The door is closed, and it's one of the. It's like a. It's just. A, it's, it's a sheet metal door, so there's no like window or anything on it. So you're gonna have to knock. I imagine it's also just like so much t- bigger and taller than I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna like reach up as high as I can, my little monkey body, and knock on the door. Uh, you just kind of hear like some shuffling of like papers, and like you can uh, hear like a you know just like something like slammed down on a desk, and it's just like, what is it? Stormy baby, you called me. Uh, come in, Chum. <laughs> reach for the. Uh, I'm gonna try and reach for the the door handle. Is the door handle within my? There, there are actually no. Listen, we live in a multicultural society here aboard the raft and in the flotilla. There are doorknobs at every level. You have to reach up nice. a little bit because you're you're reaching for like one of the ones that are used by gnomes in particular. But yeah, they're there a little is, bigger than I am. It, you, it, it's, they're not that much taller than you, and you are able to reach the doorknob with ease. I push the door open and I kind of like saunter in, trying to look confident and, and, you know, my chest out. What's going on? You can see that there's a chair uh, in front of his uh, desk. And now um, Albert is just a, he's just, he's just a human, uh, you know, slightly graying hair, mustache, um, like a, like, 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 like definitely like male pattern baldness uh, showing, right. And keeps his hair nice and short. 
Um, you know, he's, he's got this, like, he's got like, just like a, like a white shirt on with like these like little like pinstripes and like a, like a disheveled tie. There's like papers and stacks on his desk that are just like all over the place. Uh, and there's a chair that he's pulled up for you in front of his desk with like a, with like a stack of books on it. Uh, and he says, he just gestures to it. He's standing up right now and he just take a seat. Right. Yeah. That's very considerate of you to, uh, starts climbing up the books. It's kind of comfy on top. So, uh. What are we talking about? We're here to talk about my amazing performance. Uh, Alfred like paces for a moment. You kind of see him like push his fingers to like the bridges of his nose and the bridge of his nose, right? And just kind of like pinch his fingers there for a second. And he like takes a seat at his desk and he goes, Joom Deloom. Listen, your talents as a delivery driver are unmatched. Okay. Right. And your contributions to just the accessibility of our delivery vehicles is, uh, is something that we cannot overlook. Okay? Yeah, diversity is important. Yeah. But your constant tampering with the delivery vehicle and other company equipment that has not been approved and signed off on by our board of techno wizards is causing me to lose what little hair I have left. Nobody wants that. Uh, I understand. I understand. Hey, it's company property. It's not just some toy for you to tinker. And don't think that I haven't heard the rumors of you taking that little truck that we loaned you out for some unsanctioned racing. Ooh. Tomb's not aware that you are aware of this. So he now goes from like being relaxed and slouching in the chair to like sitting up straight and like leaning forward. Who told you about that? <laughs> the fact that you don't deny it and are at least willing to admit to it, Chum, speaks to the character and, uh, of, of, of who you are. And it's something that uh, it's, it's, one, it's one of the reasons why it's, I'm not going to fire you today. Okay. <gasps> but you're on desk duty for the next two months. Desk duty. You heard me. Front desk dealing with the peeps. With Gloria? Yeah, I don't care. I don't want to hear it, Chum. You know the rules. This is not the first time we've had this conversation. All right. Give me your if keys. I... Give me the keys. And he, hands, he holds his hand out. Um, can I, can I do a little, little thingy here? Well, what would you like to do? There's nothing more precious to Chum in the world than his little scud bucket. So it's not he would yours. have, right, exactly. Um, so he would have anticipating potentially having to get fired or leave his truck, made a, a set of keys as decoys for a moment, just like this. Hmm. It's, we don't have luck rolls in, uh, in this particular no. uh, format. However, I'm going to roll something. Okay. <laughs> So what happens if I roll a nat one when I'm making this decision? <laughs> then I get what I want. Then you're one of us. I think that sounds right, right? I think that sounds right. I think that what I don't, what I want doesn't happen, and what you want does happen. <gasps> I think that that's what that means. So the yes, you do. Yes, you 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 knew this day would come, Chum, and so you prepared ahead of time. And you know you you've met you've you've met some people in this racing community that you've been a part of on the side, and they definitely. Uh, one, one of your contacts there was able to, you know, help you forge a set of keys for this exact 
reason. But yes, so you, so you're yeah. able to hand him the you bet you know you but now I'm going to have you make a uh, sleight of hand check to make sure you grab the right pair of keys out of your pocket. All right, I get to use my tomb dice finally. Yeah, let's go. Sleight of hand. That is a dirty twenty-two. Okay, you like you you feel around, but you know which ones are the fake ones. You kind of you make sure you put a little scratch mark on them to to, to you know to indicate. You run your finger over it, you find it, and you grab the other you know the, the real set of keys, and you hand yep. it to your boss. I mean, I hate to do it, Stormy, but I guess I don't, you win. I don't like to do this either. Okay, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to do this. Okay, we need you out there to be honest with you, but like I don't know how else to get through to you. Right, right. Also, my accents are flying around tonight, and I'm really That's fine. sorry. <laughs> I imagine the stress has caused him to be multiple people at once. The DM <laughs> is not a competent voice actor, <laughs> but wishes he was. <laughs> so these, Don't give yourself enough credit. I could give you more diverse NPCs anyways. So Jim's going to, what happens, happens, Stormy, I get it. Uh, but, uh, you know, desk duty and me don't really get along. Uh, so I think I'm going to quit. I beg you to reconsider. I know, I know. It's hard out there to find a job. Listen, it was, if it weren't for Father Jack Hayes, I don't know if we would have hired you, to be honest with you. We Again, yeah. you were tamping with company equipment, but he, he came true. in and he, he went to bat for you. It's true. And, All right, how about this? How about this? I scratch your back, you scratch mine, right? Instead of desk duty, I know that you guys need people up there, but I happen to know that Marky from the stock room, he's been dying to get up to the front. So why don't you put Marky up front? He loves Gloria. They're going to get along great. And I'll go to the stock room. Make me a persuasion check. Oh, fuck. I'll roll an insight. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a dirty three. Oh, great. Yeah, I rolled a 12. Um, listen, Trum, you would look out for your own, your own co-workers. Like, it's, this is admirable behavior. It'd be admirable behavior. So if it weren't for the fact that you were, again, illegally modifying company property, <sighs> we wouldn't have to be having this discussion. Well, it's been good, Stormy. But I think I'd rather die than go work with Gloria. So <sighs> I'm going to go to the truck. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> he, he, like, he, he hangs his head. He's like... Chum, you have to understand. I, I have, I, I, I'm going to lose my job if I don't offer disciplinary action to you. This right. is my only choice, man. Right. But you know, I'm making do it this easy to me. for you. Don't do this uh, to me. Oh fuck! I, my relationship with this man. I don't know what is your relationship. I mean, you tell me. I mean, he's. It's not. I mean, based on our conversation here, he does value your work, and he's been, and he's told you as much, even while he is reprimanding you. It's true. And I mean. Okay. No one, one gets to drive my hauler while I'm gone. One week of desk duty. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. And no one touches Loretta. Loretta? Did you I name mean, the truck? No, no. Just uh, my hauler. He spits in his hand. Deal. <laughs> Uh, I, I, you, you, you know, this is like the third time that you've done this and you know that I'm not going to touch that hand, but yes, uh, a man can dream. He just, he like, you know, like he doesn't really know what kind of gesture to make. So he just kind of like thumbs up, like uh, deal. 
But uh, your shift uh, starts now, so right, right. And he hops there. off the chair. He takes his UPS jacket off, grabs one of the extra, extra, extra small pinstripe uniforms, looks mm-hmm. up, and store me. Never forget, you're beautiful. And he walks out the door. Perfect. The camera cuts again to our favorite plasmoid, Glorp Glup Glup. They are standing before a group of young students, probably around the ages of 11 or 12. The backdrop to Glorp right now is a a door that leads to the catwalks that kind of line some of the outsides of the raft. one of the things that you've learned, you know, as as you know, as part of some of your education, uh, re-education of like galactic things, being aboard this glor- uh, ship Glorp or this, you know, the raft, is that you know all these ships and things like that, you know, have equipment and and things that are running that project air envelopes around them, so that you know you can safely walk outside of these structures and be able to breathe totally fine as long as you remain you know, within these these wider air areas of air envelopes. And, you know, the gravity planes work similar. There, there are generators that help make sure that things stay even keel. Um, so, you know, you've been, you taught your students about it, a little bit about that, but uh, today's a special day because you saw in the forecast that there was going to be a uh, distant comet storm in the current wild space system that the flotilla is um, sort of chilling in for right now because uh, you also learn, right, the flotilla doesn't like to stay in one place too long. And so, you know, you're just taking you're taking a moment to educate your students a little bit on the beauty and dangers of comet storms. And you are preparing to do uh, just a brief sort of like catwalk, uh, like excursion to show your, you know, to show your students uh, a better view. Um, did you want to do an intro to the class? Or do you want me to continue? Nope, I'm good. Okay. All right, kids, today's the day. We're going to learn about comets. If you can all follow me, just write out the story in a single file line. If you look up above us, you'll see up there, there's there's some comets. Comets are pretty much dirty snowballs, followed by big tails of gas and dust and other space stuff. And they're way away, and there's no way they're going to hurt us out there. You stepped out, like the kids, you see the kids, they're just like, you know, they're, 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 they're wearing, you know, like their space safety gear, right? With these big orange jumpsuits with like a tons of padding on it. They got these like safety helmets on, um, but you're just out there as your blobular self. Maybe you have a suit jacket on again, you know, with a tie, or maybe you're just, just your, your blue blobby, uh, naked self, uh, because what is even ooze? Um, I saw you nodding when I said suit jacket, so I'm assuming that that is... I've got a tie on and then a pocket protector, but it's just like clipped on to my chest. Amazing. Love that. Um, And so, you know, as if on cue, as soon as you say nothing out here is going to hurt us, uh, there's there's almost a sound of a go. (laughs) And this like this like this piece of uh, maybe like baseball sized like ice debris hits you center of mass. And like, it's almost like the time kind of freezes for a second. Like you, like you feel pushed back, but like, you you don't like, it doesn't like go through you. It almost like, it like, like it like your form like stops it, like just stops all of its momentum. But like your form itself, like with the this object now embedded in you gets pushed back. So you almost look like a, like a, 
what's the word? How do I describe this? Like, like your legs are still anchored to the ground. Your head is still where it was, but like the, your midsection has been stretched back as it's almost like, like, like a rubber band, like absorbing the momentum of this flying object. And then after like a brief moment, you kind of like whoosh, reset and this like small, like again, baseball sized, like rock, like icy rock is now like stuck inside of you. You feel stunned for a moment, Glorp, because it's just like it didn't really even hurt, but it was like extremely unsettling. And like the kids are like, you know, after like after like a moment like to, to process, the kids are just like start like yelling, like ah ah, Glorpy, are you okay? Are you okay? And you take a moment to take stock of yourself as they ask you this question because you yourself don't even feel sure in this moment because you you feel almost this like intense cold uh, growing from inside of you. Um, your like oozy uh, skin question mark uh, <laughs> begins to almost like 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 crystallize like almost like you know some of like the maybe uh, more liquidy parts start to freeze crystallize. And like, you know, like free, like just like, like firm up on you, but you still feel like you can move. It's just like, it's, 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 it's hard. What do you say? What do you do? Uh, I, I, I take stock. So I'm like, you know, touching, touching my own skin and kind of feeling, trying to stretch out and say, I, I, I think I'm okay. Yeah, you're still very Gumby-like in that, like, you know, you still feel malleable, but, like, it's almost as if, like, um, for those of us with muscles and skeletons, like, after an intense day or two of, like, working out, right, just that that stiffness and soreness you feel, like, this, there's not, it's more, it's, it's, it's that kind of, like, almost muscle stiffness, but, like, you know you don't have muscles. So this is, like, a very unfamiliar feeling to you because it just almost feels like it requires extra effort for you to, like, move. Um, but at the same time, it almost feels like your, like, your ooze, like, your, like, your, is, like, buzzing with, like, energy. Like you feel something, almost like, like, pins and needles, almost, like, through all of your, just, like, all of your pores and all of your, um, I guess, like, wherever your, f like, feeling nerves are as a plasmoid. I look down at my lack of hands and say, Oh, I sparkle now. Yeah, you are kind of sparkling a little bit, especially as like the light from, um, you know, the solar, you know, the solar system you're in is kind of cast over you, right? Like there's almost this shimmer to your form where it's like you're still translucent, but there is almost this wispy sort of like, you know, like twinkle, like almost like, like, like you know, you take like, uh, what was it? Like, they, like, remember like Gak and they had the stuff with the fucking glitter in it? It's almost like what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I imagine panning from this beautiful scene to a a class of now permanently scarred children. Just like, are you okay? Well, I think, I think that they would be relieved once they heard Glorp say something. Um, you know what I mean? Right. Um, they still have to live here. <laughs> See, kids, comets aren't dangerous at all. And one kid raises his, uh, his, his, his hand. It just has a yes, raise. Yes, Tommy. Um, Glorpy, uh, you you said that it, uh, you when you when when you and you said that there was going to be like uh like it like it wouldn't hurt us, but uh, 
That looked like it hurt. And it, can we go inside now? Yes, Tommy, let's go inside now. And the, you hear like almost a sigh of relief from the rest of the children. <laughs> I, I, I grab the door to open it and you just see like frost where my hand touches the, the metal of the door frame. Yeah, and, you t- and as, you're, as you're touching this door frame, there's, there's a brief moment where you feel almost like the buzz of energy from like all of the electronic devices inside of the raft at once. For just this moment, like, and it just kind of shocks your hand. And you're just kind of like, that's weird. Ooh. Like, you just, there's this weird, like, it, you just really feel like there's, like, some sort of energy that's, like, coursing through you. Um, but you may want to get that thing checked out, seeing as how it looks like it's firmly lodged inside of you at this point. Like, you, like you, anyone looking at you could just see it floating there. It's just, like, icy, like, baseball-sized chunk of, like, rock. Um, so I guess, you know, I mean, do you, do you continue with your lesson? Like, what would you do? Would you adjourn the field trip for the day? Like, how would you handle this at this point? Because, like, you're starting, I mean, you feel kind of funny. Uh, in fact, I'm actually, you know what, Glorp, I, like, I want to make everybody roll dice tonight. So, uh, make me a constitution check, please. Or constitution saving throw, actually. Oh, boy. Things just went from bad to worse. Ooh, 21. <laughs> Never mind. I feel great. Yeah, I mean, okay. For someone who just got hit by a extremely fast flying piece of rock, you are feeling relatively fine, but you definitely feel different. Um, you may, you know, this may require some additional exploration once uh, you're not, you know, having to deal with teaching children. All right, kids, so the last lesson for today in comet safety is if you are hit by a comet, you should go see the school nurse immediately. So I'm going to dismiss you, and I'm going to go see the school nurse. <laughs> Everybody have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Glorp, you go off to see the school nurse. Um, As a teacher and, and one that has gone on plenty of field trips, this is my absolute nightmare. <laughs> Uh, we'll check. Uh, this is going to be a latent memory for some of those kids. We'll check back in on Glorp next time. Next, uh, I just want to make sure we get through everybody tonight. So, we come actually the camera back to Our Lady of Wanderers. You know, like 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 Dave had mentioned, this is you know while while like the followers of Lord Rel sort of help keep the place up, um, and like run the soup kitchen and some of the you know just some of the general like protective uh, like community protection efforts. There are many other faiths that take. Uh, root within the hallowed halls of Our Lady of Wanderers. One such organization is an organization by the name of the Mystic Order of Wanderers. Inside of one of the halls here that the that's, this Mystic Order has sort of taken residence up in, a significant moment, I would say, is unfolding for our very own Brunner Brew Blitzbore. Um, Brunner, or Brew, your life has sort of been a a, a, a a roller coaster in the last several months. You know, you were someone before this who was kind of searching for a direction, right? You've been trying to break away from the very rigid, like, like you know, militant, like, upbringing that, like, your family kind of forced upon you. And you were trying to find your own 
way. And sometime over the last, you know, several months, you kind of you kind of came to know some of these folks through some connect, you know, your connection with Father Hayes. And uh, this is a group of individuals who are all like essentially devoted to the worship of uh, the god of adventure and travel and Lord Wind. You um, you really kind of felt a connection with this with these folks. You know, they kind of share a similar wanderlust that you've sort of felt your whole life. And today is your induction ceremony as a full, like a, as, a, as a proper member, like, you know, as an initiate of this yeah. order of wanderers. So the hall that you're in, it's bathed in the light of like these like lanterns that are sort of projecting like star patterns all over the walls. Um, and there's like, you know, monks and other followers of Lord Wind uh, here. They have, well, I couldn't be more obliged. Yeah, they're you know they're gathered sort of just to witness you know this 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 next step for you, right? Um, the uh, the head monk, who is a gif, uh, actually uh, walks up you know and he's 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 got you know just like he's wearing some very like almost like futuristic type, but they're they're very they're still robes, but they definitely have like you know just some just some sort of some flair to them, right? There's like you know it's got like sort of like these like sort of pointy shoulder pads and and sort of this like kind of crossed like almost like a sash like 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 a, like almost toga like, right? I don't know why I'm picturing designing women from the '80s. That's I was thinking the same exact right? thing. Like yeah, the yeah, big yeah, shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so he's never she dresses. So you 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 know this guy, but you've never like they've never given you a name. This is just he's only referred to as the speaker of the winds. Mm. And he addresses you. You're sort of standing on like a like a small little stage that they've put together, right? There's like a you know, with like just like a little like a like an altar set up and a um, just like a silver compass um, that's been set on top as sort of like a like a, like the like a, like a relic almost or like some sort of symbol. Um, and the speaker says, "Runner, Blitzbore, you stand before us, ready to embark on a journey not just of the body, but of the soul. Our mystic order of wanderers welcomes you, brother, fellow seeker of truth." and explorer of the vast mysteries of existence. With deliberate and reverent motions, the head monk extends his hands over you. You know, just starts gesturing. And he says, May the divine spark of adventure ignite within you, guiding you towards paths untrodden and horizons unseen. May this spark grow, nurtured by your courage, your wisdom, and the experiences you gather. And as he speaks these words, a subtle yet almost like a very palpable energy kind of starts to fill the hall, right? Like the lights almost kind of glow brighter. You feel this warm sensation, uh, it's, like, it's like an ember of something powerful and profound taking root somewhere within like the core of your being right now. The divine spark of adventure, he called it. This is something that you feel it already. Something you've heard about, right? And that they've talked about, like every person who's been initiated into this order has gone through the same rite. And they kind of describe it as sort of a seed of potential, right? A promise of growth and discovery. And that this is a blessing from Lord Wind himself delivered f through the speaker. Um, the monks and other followers around you begin uh, a sort of a chant 
It's this very melodious, like, upli- like lef- uplifting hymn. And it just kind of echoes through the hall. And you're standing there, like your heart is kind of, it's, it's beating, maybe, you know, you're just, you're just kind of feeling like you found a community that like has welcomed you as like a, as a peer, as a brother. And um, I'm kind of curious, like, what do you, what do you say as the, as sort of the chanting uh, dies, dies down? I think he's just in awe. Um, he is kind of just taking it all in the lights, the, the music, the, 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 the rhythm of the, of the hymn. Um, he's trying to kind of maybe like, like join in on the hymn, but he, he doesn't really know all the words yet. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of just humming, like humming, yeah. humming, talking the, the hymn with them. Love that. Um, so like as a word, as a word kind of catches him, he, he kind of like says it, but he, he kind of hums the rest of it. Uh, the speaker of the wind uh, or winds says, runner, you are now an official member of the uh, mystical order of wanderers. And he uh, extends a hand, and in it, there is a um, small pendant, like on a just like on a simple, just like cloth, um, like necklace type thing. And it's uh, it's 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 again, it's a, it's a silver compass, sort of with like the the compass, you know, heading is pointing towards southwest. Um, it's kind of like you know diagonal across like that. And that's like, you know, he's like, this is, you know, this is a token of, of, of your membership. Wear it with pride. May your, you know, and, and please, may you, may your adventures be uh, filled with excitement and discovery. And please share your discoveries with us. You know, that is, that is what we do. Oh, oh I will. It, it, I, it'll be my honor. Okay. Refreshments are in the, uh, in the, in the back room here. Let's, 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 let's go enjoy a few. And, you know, they, again, you're ushered all into the back room, you know, there's chatter, you know, everyone's kind of, you know, patting you on the back. Congratulations, Bronner. Like, this is so cool. You know, like, welcome, welcome to the order, man. Like, this is going to be great. You know, there's donuts, there's, um, cider, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff. And you guys are just like, you know, the, the, the camaraderie fills the hall. Yeah, I love it. He, he's all about the people and all about being around people. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's absorbing the whole thing. In fact, the sounds of this party, um, are, are kind of echo through the halls a little bit, and uh, in another room, Percival's ear perks up briefly. He's hunched over a, a workbench. There's a, in the hall of uh, the worshippers of Zalara, the conduit, the god, the god of the goddess of magic uh, and innovation and technology. Um, you see him hunched over a workbench. Uh, work it looks like he's filling uh, shotgun shells with some sort of. Um, like, like, like little, like, uh, like soft, like gel-like substance. Um, and you can see on the, like on the side of the case, it just says non-lethal. And, okay. uh, he's, he's wearing this outfit of, uh, that says the, um, the galactic, uh, the, yeah, I'm sorry, the galactic guild of technicians, um, written on it. And it appears that he is doing some, some work manufacturing or creating some stuff right here within these very halls for Father Jack Hayes. All right, so noticing him, I go over and I kind of just give him like a good little slap on the shoulder. Oh, um, well, how, how are you, Percy? Oh, hey, good to see you. Uh, sorry I didn't come to the the party thing. I just got got a lot of orders to fill this week. Oh, that's all right. You're, you're a workaholic. I, I get it. Yes, but uh, it's uh, congratulations, man. It's a cool pendant you got there. 
Well, thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a compass. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I'm, tell me all about it when we get back to the house. I finished my shift in about an hour. Sounds great. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go party over here. Cool. We cut the camera to now the evening. You know, everyone's kind of finished their shifts. They're back at the Casa Concordia. You know, you're just hanging out in your common areas. You're doing your things, but. Deep below the Casa Concordia, someone's home already did exist. Um, a hatch has been built now uh, that was sort of like that y'all had to f- manufacture and fit yourselves to allow access to March to get into his house, which your house crashed into. Sure, he loves that. <laughs> It could be worse. It makes the place harder to break into. They got to break into their house before they even get to mine now. So the camera sort of... Look, you got to protect your shit. So the camera sort of pans underground here. And by underground, I mean just under one scrap piece of, like a bunch of pile of scrap into another hovel of scrap. Uh, This cramped space is cluttered with various technological paraphernalia and digital tomes and like computing devices and this is home to March, our Herengon, who is uh, currently sitting at his computer desk. We see him holding this, it looks to be something that's almost like a flash drive, but just like flat, right? Like if, if you were just like make a flash drive flat, right? So it's just like this little, just little, little compact device um, on this stick. It just says, you know, you can see in like small engravings, Sensory Networks LTD. And then below that, in even finer print, if you had a magnifying glass, you'd be able to see the subsidiary of Astrotech. Your eyes are sort of just like staring at this device. You have gone through so much to get your hands on this. This has been months and months of preparations. You've burned at least three contacts to get this. You uh, know that people are after you because they know you have it. They just don't know where to find you. But all you need to do is plug it in and see if it's the real deal. You stare at your computer and the drive port that is on the side of it. What do you do? Do you plug it in? What have they done to you? What the hell have those bastards done to you? And he takes a few deep breaths, pulls himself together. checks a few things, makes sure the connection from in here to the outside networks is completely terminated. Yep, you've di- not just you've tri- not just powered down mm-hmm. entirely unplugged yes. from everything. You've, you've triple checked your work. I mean, this is this is a this is a brand new device that you've you've built specifically just to read like encrypted data, right? This is an air gapped uh, computer you got down here. You have you have one for browsing the Internet. That's off to the side. Oh, no, no, we're we're. we're we're completely cut off. We're on generator power right now. Got it. Okay. <sighs> right. Did that. We got a Faraday cage closed. All right, Cheshire. Let's see what's left of you. 
slaps the thing into the uh, drive on the side and whacks a single large button on a macro pad to the side of his keyboard. Yep, your screen flickers to life, right? There's just this dizzying array of like scrolling file lists and like information diagrams and just like stuff that's just, it's all just popping up on your screen, right? As as your auto as the auto run program just starts to to go, right? Um, it's just it's it's overwhelming. Your lights, you know, down here begin to almost like flicker as you can see that your piece your your computer is drawing a shitload of power from your little generator to just keep up with the flow of information that's coming out of this thing, and then. All of the lights go out, and the screen goes black. And you sit here for a moment in this sort of stunned silence, and then you just see almost like a blinking cursor, um, just like a little box blinking at the top left of your screen. It's blinking ominously. And after a few more moments, some text scrolls out. March? Is that you? And that's where we're going to call this episode of the Hapless Heroes podcast. Yep. Oh, boy. It's like Ghost Rider. It gives me Ghost Rider vibes from <laughs> PBS. Boop, boop, boop. Hey, everybody. I get to do these now. If you yeah. like us, you could find us on the internet. We're all over the place. Just check out our link tree. It's at linkter.ee slash hapless heroes. It's just really funny to say that. Dave started saying that. Now I want to kind of do it because it just really falls. <laughs> it just really stumbles off the tongue, you know? Um, but check out our link tree. It's got links to all of our social media. It's got links to our, like, our merch pages and and even our link, links to like, our fan wiki that's been, you know, that I keep forgetting about but really should talk about more because we have a fan run wiki page for this show and we would love, you know, to get more contributors to that. I'm sure that the, you know, folks who are working tirelessly on that would appreciate some assistance. But yeah, you can find all that on our link tree, including what I would consider to be the crown jewel of our internet presence. And that's our Discord server. Um, we are hanging out in there all the time. We did a listening party uh, recently, you know, or, well, recently. We did it, you know, f- at the launch of this season for episode one. We might be doing it during different uh, milestones. Hell, we might even be doing it for this episode right now as you're listening to it. Hello, uh, me from the future. <laughs> and, you know, we're just doing all kinds of fun activities in there. It's a really, it's probably the best way to actually, like, if you wanted to interact with this, like, where we're going to see it the, the the most, right? Dave and I are in there all the time. It's a really great and burgeoning community of wonderfully awesome nerds, and we'd encourage you to be a part of it. But if you really like us, we would love it if you left us a five-star review or rating on the podcast service of your choice. All of those things help us just kind of like grow. You know, it just it, it just tells the algorithm, hey, more people should listen to this show. And also, we just like reading all the nice things you say about us. It makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And hey, you know, if you say some nice things about us, uh, we will say nice things back to you on the show if we find and read that review. And if your podcast service doesn't allow you to leave a review... Well, we also have a channel in our Discord server that allows you to, you know, say some nice things for a shout out on the air. And I'm about to do that for someone right now. Uh, on our Discord server, Bloody River 09er writes to us. Hi, guys. I've been listening for a little over a year now, and I'm on episode 228. So it's gonna be fun when you get to this one finally and hear it. Uh, I was playing a few campaigns with some friends before I left with the army and was having some serious withdrawals. I was talking about wanting to play when another soldier from a different unit suggested your podcast and wrote your guy's name at the top of a campaign I was writing for fun. 
When I was able to, I started listening to the podcast and was immediately hooked. After I got back home, I listened every day, every chance that I got. All my friends think I'm so weird because instead of listening to my music, I listen to all of you belittle each other. <laughs> listening to you guys is my favorite pastime and I don't care. I'm giving you all a six star rating. Also, I think Boris is, is and always will be my favorite character due to her just being straight, chaotic, X2 good. I can't wait for to catch up and begin season two. Did you hear that, Nicole? Boris is hey. someone's favorite character. Yay. Yay. Hey, Bloody River Bring 09. Chaos, that is correct. Uh, thank you so much for your kind words. Shout out, dude. Uh, that's a great, I love that story. I just, that's the coolest shit ever. Um, so happy that, uh, I you know, hope you're still listening. Hope you hear this right now. Uh, and that being said, if you really, really like us, we would appreciate it if you donated to our Patreon, just patreon.com slash heroes. We're always reassessing and looking at the different kinds of rewards we're offering on Patreon. You know, we're trying, we're, we're, we've been exploring merch options. We got bloopers, behind the scenes audio. We got a whole bunch of different things that we try to, you know, throw up on there. And it's just a way of saying thank you for helping us keep the lights on, honestly, and maintain all the things that we need to maintain to run this show. Uh, so, you know, check it out. It's patreon.com slash heroes. See if anything, you know, if it, if it speaks to you, if it's right for you, and uh, we would appreciate your support. You get access to a whole bunch of stuff and, uh, yeah, and, and, and our love, our eternal and forever gratitude. So now that we've reached the end of the show, the only thing I have to do now is outro my cast for you. On my virtual left, we've had Dave playing March. Hey, good night, everybody. Lewis playing Lev Zangiev. Take it easy. Mike playing Brunner Brew Blitzbor. A religion that parties? All right. John as Jam Jam. Until next time. Nicole as Glorp Glup Glup. I probably just need a band-aid. And Seb as Chum Deloom. Good night to everyone except for you, Gloria. And I'm Francesco, and occasionally, potentially in the future, Gloria. Uh, I've been your host in DM. We will see you next week as we see what these folks get up to now that we're level one. Uh, bye-bye now. Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye.